Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. Open up your Bibles and We're going to once again be kind of all over the scriptures again today, but go to James chapter 3, because what I'm going to read from James chapter 3 is is what I want most to stick in your mind. We had not planned to be in a series this summer. We had planned to just kind of randomly teach about different things that were on our heart, kind of taking a break from the way we've been preaching and handling Sunday mornings for the last several years, where we open up a book of the Bible, and we just say, all right, guys, we're going to journey through it. And we just felt like God was calling us to lean into some things that he put on, our, on the heart of our staff and stuff that just was coming straight out of my journal. And then a team of us went to the Czech Republic as we've been building a new global initiatives uh, uh, a ministry through our church. We believe that we do ministry both locally and globally. Amen. That we are called to meet needs in our church, needs in our community, needs in our state, our country, and all around the world because we're the church. We have the responsibility to engage it all. Come on, say amen, somebody. Like, that's, that's what we're called to do. And so in check, God just taught me some things that, that now I feel like I, I have to get out, and I couldn't wait to do it. And it all centers around a word that I hope now that you're thinking about a lot, but maybe never really thought about before, legacy. Because legacy isn't a word that we often think about. It's a word that we associate with funerals. And it's funny that we, we, we don't think about the impact of our life until it's almost over, or we believe it's about to end. But you are writing a legacy with the life that you're living. Amen, somebody. You, you are going to leave a legacy. You're gonna, you're, you are making a difference in people's lives. And I know you might think, no, I'm not, Matt. Nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. Yes, they are. There's somebody that's watching your life. There's somebody in your circle of influence, and the way that you are living is impacting what they think about the world, the way they think about God. And it's not just about what they think about you, but you are, you are shaping somebody's view of themselves in the world in which they live. Do you know that? It's true. Whether you have kids or whether you don't, whether you feel like you have a platform or whether you don't, but every day you interact with people. Every day you live in this world and you are around people and everything that you do matters. And I asked us to wrestle with the question, what legacy are you leaving through the life you're currently living? What legacy are you leaving through the life you are currently living? And if it's not the one you want, don't let the enemy convince you it's too late to change it. That you can start now. You can answer the call to shift your mindset, shift the way that you think, change the way that you operate in the world in which we live, and start leaving the lasting legacy so that generations that follow you are pursuing Jesus, going after him, and understand what matters. And a lot of this was born in me realizing the legacy of faith that I've been handed. But all the people in my life that have poured into me and spoke life into me and encouraged me and showed me what it meant to really live out my faith for Jesus. And I've wrestled with, okay, is the legacy that I've been handed, is the one I leave going to be just as good? There's another question that I need you to wrestle with, and this one's not going to be nearly as fun as all these others have been. I asked you from the day one of this series, 
What legacy are you leaving through the life you're currently living? I have another question. What legacy are you leaving with the words you are speaking? Look at the screen. Read it. Absorb it. What legacy are you leaving with the words that you are speaking? Because just as much as your actions are making a difference, so are your words. That what is said about you and what is said by you, it makes a difference in the way that you think. Come on, somebody. Your words matter. And we live in a culture now that feels like we can just, we have so many places where we can put words, don't we? It's not just what we're speaking with our mouths, but we're, we're saying a lot. We're speaking through our thumbs, through our fingers, and things that we post on social media, and the things that we text, and all this. We have so many places to put words out, and it seems like that it's so abundant now that we are more careless than ever. And there was another moment that happened in check that checked me in this area. There was a group of us that went to check that we're, we're, we're pretty tight and have been for years. And our love language is sarcasm. Anybody else relate? Like, and, and in our little group, we, we can be pretty brutal with each other. We pick at each other, we come at each other, we say things, we, we cut on each other a little bit. And like, if you do anything silly around any of us, you are a target. We, we, we not might make fun of you, we will make fun of you. And it doesn't matter who's around. And we'll say little things and that kind of stuff. And so we had this moment. We were a few days into camp, and a few, uh, some of us were kind of hanging out, and we were kind of doing what we normally do, saying things, cutting on each other. And everybody got up and left but me. And then there was a, a young lady that was one of the interns that was kind of working alongside of our team. And she looked at me, and she said, do y'all always talk to each other this way? Actually, she didn't say y'all because she, she was from Iowa. She said, do you guys always talk to each other like this? I was like, what do you mean? She said, y'all are brutal. She said, I could never last in your circle because y'all are so mean to each other. And I thought, what are you talking about? And I'm not even aware of it. And it's so easy in a moment like that to think, you don't know what you're talking about, girl. You don't understand our vibe. You don't get our dynamic. This is just kind of how we are. And we all know that. But for three or four days, she had been watching us and listening how we were speaking to each other. And she didn't, she wasn't aware of the context of, of, of how we operate like that. And she was really taken aback at how quickly we were to say things to each other in such a cutting, apparently hurtful way. And God kind of checked my spirit. And typically I would be that guy, I think, you don't know what you're talking about. It's not that big a deal. And I'm even saying this, and I look around the room, and I can watch your face and be like, man, me and my boys, me and my friends, that's just how we are. I ain't changing that. It ain't that big a deal. And that's what I thought initially, too. And then I came home, and like, it wouldn't leave me. And so I started leaning back in to the only place we should look to start examining our behavior, right? And what, what does God's Word say about our words? And what you discover is when you read all the things that Scripture says about the nature and power and potency of words, you start becoming much more aware of the things that you're saying. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. This is Jesus talking. 
Anybody think when Jesus says something, we should pay attention? Three people, awesome. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37. Jesus says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless word they speak. And all of God's people said, ouch. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. Go back to verse 36. Put verse 36 back on the screen. You will have to give an account for every careless word that comes out of your mouth. I read that again, because it's not the first time I read it. And I began to think about my words and the things that I say to my friends, people that I love. And yeah, they, they know my, and we can say, well, well, people know my heart. People know what I meant to say. They might know what you meant to say, but they heard what you actually said. <laughs> and there's some people that walk into your circle, when you get in such the habit of saying these things to those people that you're around all the time, and then there's somebody that you're not around all the time that drift into your sphere of influence and they're listening to those words and they don't know what you meant to say. All they know is what you actually said. And that conviction began to just pour over my spirit. And then you look at some other things that Jesus said, even, even the things that, that we say in private matter to him. Look at Luke chapter 12, verses two and three. Again, Jesus says, there's nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And whatever you have whispered in an ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. I feel, do you feel the conviction in your spirit? Or maybe you just never say anything wrong. I'm somebody that talks for a living. And you know how many times I've messed up with my words? And now I talk for a living on camera and it's recorded for the entire world to pick apart. The awareness of our words, the power of our words. What legacy are you leaving, not just with the life that you're currently living, but the, with the words that you are currently speaking? the way that you talk to your spouse, the way you speak with your children, the way that you talk to a coworker that maybe doesn't align with you in all the ways that you want, the way you speak to the lady who can't control a lot of things that are happening as she's trying to check you out at Walmart. How do you how are you speaking? What are the words? And I hope what's happening right now is everybody in this room and everybody is watching online, I hope you're beginning to think about the words that you've used in the last several days. And if you're like most of us, there's moments that you are extremely proud and moments where you want to hide under a rock. And I'll admit, even since I've gotten back from check and tried to be more aware with this, there's moments that all of a sudden it's like a reflex, like boom, things just come out and I'm like, Why'd I say that? Why'd I say that? I would venture to bet that nearly every person in this room, you said something this week that you regret. In a moment of, of frustration, and I'm not just talking about cussing, because that's where we go in the church. I ain't said an ugly word all week. 
You can use your words in a dangerous and destructive way and never ever say what we know in our American culture as a cuss word. Because that's kind of what we've boiled it down to in our, our Southern Christian culture is as long as I'm not using a specific set of words, I'm good. But scripture is littered with calling us to live with an awareness of our words. And nobody said anything more convicting than James, the brother of Jesus. James, the book of James is a book that you should be reading fairly frequently. This is Jesus' brother. Mary and Joseph had other kids. After Jesus, he had to live in Jesus' shadow. That's a big brother that none of us could measure up to. You thought your your siblings were a little bit kind of impressive. Imagine being the baby brother of Jesus. And he says a lot about words in multiple places in the book that he wrote. Go with me, James chapter one. Let's start with verse 19. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Woo! Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the word, the the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not just hearers only deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and preserves, perseveres in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works. This person will be blessed in what he does. And I read all that to read verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Like if you can't, if you can't get a handle on your tongue, if you can't be self, if you can be self-controlled in all the ways that we've determined matter, but you can't be self-controlled in what comes out of your mouth, you need to rethink some things. That your tongue is powerful. Your words are powerful. And there are some things that once said can't be unsaid. In the wake of damage that they leave, it's amazing what a single sentence can do to somebody. Y'all have heard me say it before. Whoever came up with that silly statement, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the dumbest statement we ever created in our culture because words can be crushing. Really, words have the potential to do one of two things, build up or burn down. Words will either build up or they will burn down. And this week when I thought about that, I thought about these two things. When I see a brick, I think of a material used for building, something that is in the foundation maybe of a home, things that build a structure that can withstand the things. Do your words build up or do they burn down? Even as you look up here at me right now and you think about the majority of your words, 
Do the things that come out of your mouth, are they more frequently things that build up and have the potential to build up or do they have the potential to burn down? And you know what's amazing? James is about to say, even that little bitty flame right there, just a spark has the potential to do great damage. Just that little bitty flame. You think, Matt, that's not even much. And it took you two clicks to even get it out. And then it went out. Y'all know y'all have trouble with these things too. Stop it. Which, which best describes the way that you use your words? The tongue that God put in your mouth that seems so small, but yet is so powerful. Are you, are you speaking a legacy into the people that's in, are in, that are in your life to build up or burn down? And this is, this is not my concept. This is the concept of Scripture. Look at Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you see that? Death and life build up or burn down. Build up or burn death and life. Go back into James chapter 3. Verse one, it says, not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large, and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, listen, so too, the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of a life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Do you see the weight of words? The power of what James is saying. He's saying you think it's small, it's not. There's this little part of your body that you rarely even think about. He says, think of, and he draws this analogy. Think about just a small, I'm, I'm not a horse person because they're big animals and they scare me, okay? But think, you can take this small little bit and put it in the mouth of a Clydesdale horse. And with that little bitty thing, you can control how that huge, powerful animal moves. He's saying that's how powerful your tongue is. Your words are. And he says, with just a little bitty spark, a whole forest can burn to the ground. Your words, do they build up or do they burn down? Keep reading. Go into verse 7. It says, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by, man, by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. 
with the tongue, woo, with the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and then we use that same tongue to curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth, my brothers and sisters. These things should not be. It shouldn't be this way. Does a spring pour out both sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. He said, out of the same mouth, you stand in this room and sing beautiful Jesus and then leave this room, go to a restaurant where your waitress is a little slower than you hope to be and you speak to her in a way that's degrading all within two hours of each other. That you sing and you worship and you praise God in this room and then you go home and you speak to your spouse like they're a dog. You lose your temper with your kids. And it's not just about the volume with which you speak, but it's those words. Our words can be a weapon that do damage unlike any other. So can I challenge you to give thought to the weight of your words? Give thought to the weight of your words. We talk about this every time we gather. This Thursday night, we'll have men's community group again. And in men's community group, we talk about what godly men do nearly every time we gather. And one of the things that we say that godly men do is we say things intentionally. So can I just talk to the men for a minute? Men, watch your words. Because I believe in our culture, your words weigh more than you think. What you say to your children, what you, what you say to your wife in front of your children... Say things intentionally. Give thought to the weight of your words because you are writing a legacy with the words you are speaking, with the things that are coming out of our mouths. And Scripture tells us that you are going to either build up or you are going to burn down. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. It says, therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth. Each one to his neighbor because we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Stop right there. We all get angry. And one of the times, that, the most frequent time that we weaponize words is when we're angry. That means, that, look at me, there will be moments when you have every right to be mad, but you have no right to speak to people in the way that we choose to in that moment. Being angry is natural. Jesus got angry. Angry is a natural emotion. But when that anger becomes the driving force of your life instead of the Holy Spirit, you will say things that burn down instead of building up. Verse 28, Ephesians 4. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, no foul language should come from your mouth. No means none. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. Like it should be a, 
a building block, something that somebody can stand on and find hope in. And man, I don't even think I was aware of how much Scripture talks about the power of our words. There's two things that Scripture talks about more than we want to admit. One is money, the other one's words. Just look through Proverbs, this wisdom literature. Proverbs 16, 22. Insight is a fountain of life for its possessor, but the discipline of fools is folly. The heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. Proverbs 15, 4. The tongue that heals is a tree of life, but a devious tongue breaks the spirit. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 21, 23, the one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Proverbs 17, 27, the one who has knowledge restrains his words, and one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. And y'all, I could, have, I could have listed many, 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 many more. So how do, how do we change it? If we could have a moment of honesty and you say, Matt, the vast majority of my words do more burning than building. How do we change it? Well, the first thing is you're gonna have to get real. Because a lot of times we say that, we're like, well, that's, that's not what I meant to say. That's not in my heart. Really? Really? Because sometimes we think, no, what's really in my heart is, is not what I said. And maybe there are instances of that, but we're going to have to wrestle with what Jesus said. <laughs> and what Jesus said is, what is heard from your mouth reveals what is held in your heart. This is just the way that I'm summarizing what I'm about to read. What is heard from your mouth reveals what is held in your heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? Look at it. For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Just leave that up for a second. Now Jesus says what's heard from your mouth as only revealing what is being held in your heart. From the mouth speaks for the overflow of the heart. Verse 35, a good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from the storeroom of evil. That what is heard from your mouth is simply revealing what is held in your heart. You can push back. This is what Jesus said, not what Matt said. Stop getting mad at me for only telling you what Jesus said. I didn't say that all your words reflect what's in your heart. Jesus said it. What's in your heart? And only Jesus can change the heart. Only Jesus can change the heart. 
a new routine won't change the heart, a resolve. You can say, I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to say things better. Resolve won't change anything. It has to come from within. It has to come from within. And so how do we, if, if we want to shift from burn down and bi- from burn down to build up, like if we, if we want to make this change, if we want, if we want to leave a better, better legacy through the words that are coming out of our mouths, if we want to go from burn down to build up, then, then you got to do more than just in your mind say, I want to do better. It comes from what comes out in your conversation is direct reflection of what's coming in your life, what you're consuming. What's coming in is affecting what's going out. And so you want better to come out, you gotta start putting better in. You want words that are encouraging and uplifting and loving and seasoned with salt, then you gotta put those words in. And maybe what needs to change if you wanna go from from burn down to build up, if you wanna change the way that you speak, you've got to change what you're letting in. You've got to adopt David's spirit. Look at Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I've sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way you revealed revealed by your decrees as much as in all your riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. That he says, like, the word's gotta come in. That when I dwell on his word, when I absorb his word, when I seek his word, that when I, he says, I've hidden your word in my heart. Because Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so David says, I've hidden it in my heart that I've done more than just looked at it with my eyes and heard it with my ears. I've hidden it in my heart that I might not speak against those things. I think about Psalm 1914, and we were talking about prayers a lot. This needs to be your prayer. Psalm 1914. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That if you want to leave a legacy that's lasting and loving, like we've been talking about the last few weeks, you got to give thought to the weight of your words. And if you want to change what's coming out of your mouth, you got to change what's in your heart. And that starts with putting God's word deep inside of it and changing the way that you speak to people. Because your words matter. Your words they build up or they burn down. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me for a minute. Can we give some space for you just to respond and wrestle with the Holy Spirit and whatever He's saying to you in this moment? I want to talk to, I want to get really practical and talk to a handful of people for a minute. I wanna talk to those people who, from the moment I started preaching, conviction washed over your spirit. What are you gonna do when you leave here? There's some people, when you walk out of this building or you're watching online, and when you step away from that screen, you need to make a phone call. You're in this room, you need to make a phone call and say, hey, can we talk? And ideally, 
Find a time to get in person where you look at somebody and you say, I'm sorry for what I said. There's somebody right now under the sound of my voice that you need to go seek forgiveness for something that you've said. You can't take it back. You can't change it, but you need to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I said. And you need to seek that forgiveness. There's some of us too that we are losing our temper a little too frequently. Maybe we're in a season of life and things are tense and it's stressful and that's coming out in your language and the words spoken in your home, to your family, to your spouse, to your kids, to your roommates. And you've justified it. You've used the pressure and the stress as an excuse to just let them fly. Those hateful, degrading, demeaning, painful words. And something needs to change, it needs to shift. Maybe you need to get an accountability partner. You need to find somebody that's a part of our church family or a trusted, believing friend and say, hey, I've not been very good with my words lately and I want it to change. Will you help me? Will you come alongside me? Will you ask me about these moments? You need to give them permission to speak into your life. And there's somebody in the room who has been wounded by words. And you need to forgive the one who said them. Not because they deserve it, but because if you don't, it's gonna eat you alive. You gotta let it go. You've got to focus more on what God has said about you than what they said about you. And you need to let God just heal that wound. And trust He is the one who defines your life, not that one that said that thing. I just wanna give a couple minutes of space that if you need to come and you need to pray, and if you're anywhere on that spectrum, can I just open up the platform for a minute, allow it to be an altar and just invite you, if you feel led, just to come and pray. You can, you can do that where, right where you are. If you're watching what's online and you've been wounded by words, will you, just, will you just type, hey, I've been wounded? Come on, if you feel led to come, come on, while I'm talking, just keep, just come on. Maybe you're the one that needs forgiveness for the words that you've said and you need to ask God to give you strength and power. Maybe you're the one that wounded by the words and you need to ask God to heal you. And folks, as you see some people coming, would you come lay a hand on somebody? Just pray over them. Just come and, and, and let's just... Before we rush out of this room, spend some time letting God work. Again, if you're watching online, just say, I've been wounded, pray for me. Or if you have the courage, if you're online, just say, I need prayer to be more careful in understanding the weight of my words. Let us know, let us hear from you. Can I invite you, if you're in the room, would you just go ahead and stand on your feet? If you're down here and you're praying, I want you to know that you have freedom and time just to pray right here where you are and keep talking to God. 
And if you still feel led, maybe even now as you're on your feet to come and talk to God, I invite you to do that. Father, I pray for every one of these different groups of people. God, I pray for those who have been, those. I pray for all of us. <laughs> for those times that we've been careless with our words, we've used them in ways that turn words into weapons, God. God, I pray that you would help us to feel that conviction where necessary. And God, go and seek forgiveness from those people as we need it, Lord, and just confess it and take ownership of it and to be more wise and thoughtful with how we use our words. God, I pray for those who have been wounded, and that's probably all of us too, but those who especially are feeling the pain of those wounds right now in this room today, God, I pray that you would bring healing, that what you have said about us would override what others have said to us, and that we would find our hope and our identity in you. And Father, I pray that you would bring healing and hope to those that are around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.